Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The BBC presents Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in a new Francis Durbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Gilbert Case. Episode 1, The Unlucky One. Paul, Hmm? where did you put that new cream shirt with the collar attached? It's in the wardrobe, Steve. No, it's not. I've looked. It was there last night. Distinctly remember putting it there. Oh, Paul, really? Well, now what's the matter? You're wearing it. What? (laughs) But so I am. But don't tell me you've started to pack already. Well, of course I have. You don't expect me to do everything at the last moment. But we don't leave till the day after tomorrow. Oh, you men, really. Do you know what I've got to do before we go away? No. I've got to see about the laundry, cancel the newspapers, phone the grocer... All right, darling, all right. But I'm busy too, you know. The (laughs) phones never stop ringing. First my publisher, then my agent, then some people called... Conway and Wacy or something. Conway and Races? Yes, yes, that's right. Uh, Conway and Races. Now, you know perfectly well that's the shop in Bond Street, and I'm waiting to hear about a fitting. Oh, yes, they said something about a fitting. Um, three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Three o'clock? Yeah, um, well, I think it was three o'clock. Oh, you really are the limit, Paul. Excuse me, sir. Yes, what is it, Charlie? Uh, there's a Mr. Sterling. I'd like to see you. Mr. Sterling? Yes, sir. Well, who is he? Do you know? No, sir. Have you seen him before, Charlie? No. What's he look like? Oh, he's quite a gent. Grey hair, walks with a stick. Wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't got a gammy leg. Is that his card? Oh, yes, sir. Terrant Brothers, Guildford, Mr. Wilfred Sterling, Assistant Sales Director. Terrant Brothers? Aren't they the refrigerator people? Yes. Where is he, Charlie? I've put him in the drawing room, sir. Oh, all right. Wilfred Sterling? You know, that name's familiar, Paul. Oh, he probably wants to sell us a fridge. I'll get rid of him. But remember, we're having lunch early today, just after 12. All right, see. Uh, Mr. Sterling? Oh, good morning, Mr. Temple. Good morning. You probably think it's an impertinence, my calling like this, but I had to see you. Well, what do you want to see me about? I... I want to talk to you. (laughs) Yes, I rather gathered that, but... uh... Mr. Temple... I don't think Howard Gilbert murdered my daughter. Howard Gilbert? Are, are you Brenda Sterling's father? Yes. Yes, but just a minute. I, I only know what I've read in the newspapers, of course, but Howard Gilbert's already been convicted. In fact, your evidence helped to convict him. Yes, I, I look, know it did, Look, but... before you go any further, I must tell you, I'm not connected with Scotland Yard in any way. If you've got any fresh evidence, it's your duty... No, no, I haven't. There's nothing new. No further development. It's just that I don't think Howard Gilbert did murder my daughter. Well, he he was found guilty and sentenced to death. Yes, I know. You must have had a reason for coming here. Don't you think Gilbert had a fair trial? Oh, yes, he did. He did indeed. Well, then. Mr. Temple, have you ever had a feeling about something, an indefinable feeling that you just can't explain? Yes. Well, I've got that feeling about Howard Gilbert. I don't think he did murder Brenda. But surely the... I know that all the evidence pointed towards it, but I still don't think he did it. Hmm. Sit down for a moment. This 
leg of mine isn't too good when I'm sitting down. I, if you don't mind, I'd rather stand. Yes, of course. Mr. Sterling, tell me, were you fond of your daughter? Of course I was. I was very fond of her. Were you pleased when she became engaged to Howard Gilbert? Very. He seemed a steady young fellow. I liked him enormously. Supposing you discovered that this hunch of it your... It isn't exactly a hunch. Well, for want of a better word, let's call it a hunch. Supposing you find there's no justification for Oh, this. I'm not against capital punishment, if that's what you're thinking. If Howard did murder Brenda, then he's got to pay for it. But I don't think he did. Look, would you tell me what happened exactly the night your daughter was murdered? Very well, I will. Howard called for her at about six o'clock. He was taking her to the theater. I saw him for a few moments and then went upstairs. I heard them talking. They were having a row, practically shouting at each other. What was the row about? Brenda worked as a model at Conway and Racy's. She told Howard that she intended to stay on there after they were married, but Howard didn't like the idea. <laughs> to be frank, he wasn't keen on her being a model. I see. They left the house at about a quarter to seven and, according to all accounts, continued their argument at the theater. You know the rest of the story. Early next morning, they found Brenda on a deserted bombsite near Soho Square. Yes, I remember. Did your daughter go out with anyone apart from Howard Gilbert? No. At, at least I don't think so. She was friendly with a girl called June Michael, but they very seldom went out together. Does Miss Michael work at Conway and Races? Yes, I believe she's in the hat department now. But she used to be a model, too. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm afraid there's just nothing I can do, Mr. Sterling. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm sorry to have bothered you, only I thought perhaps... Mr. Temple, I'm worried about something I found in a diary of Brenda's. I was going through her things shortly after it happened, and I found this diary in one of her handbags. Well? Well, apparently on May the 12th, she had an appointment with a man called Fairfax. You can see the entry here. L. Fairfax, 8.30. Is this your daughter's handwriting? Yes, of course, it's her diary. Yes, yes, I appreciate that, but is it her handwriting? Oh, yes, quite definitely. Had you heard of this man before you found the diary? No, never, that's the whole point. Brenda never mentioned him. Did you tell the police about this? Yes, of course. I also told Sir Henry Rawlinson. Rawlinson? Um, he was defending Gilbert. Oh, yes, of course. And nothing happened? No. Sir Henry didn't seem to think it was very important. And the police? I think the police did make some attempt to find him, but I never heard anything further. What about June Michael? No. I spoke to June myself. She'd never heard of anyone called Fairfax. Well, you know, even if the police found this mysterious man, it, it isn't to say he'd be able to help them in any way. I realize that, In but any I... case, if I remember rightly, a woman identified Gilbert. She saw him walking away from the bombsite. Yes. Well, there you are. But somehow I, I just can't believe it. Howard was such a good fellow. Decent, straightforward... Strange things happen in this world, sometimes to very decent people. Yes, I know. Is Howard appealing? He has appealed. It was refused yesterday afternoon. Oh, I see. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Sterling, but there's just nothing I can do. What 
time is it? Uh, about half past eleven. Oh, that clock's right for a change. Mm. Paul, mm? this Gilbert case isn't going to make any difference to our holiday, is it? Don't be silly, darling. Yes, well, I know you. You enjoy getting involved in things. Yes, but I can't get involved this time. This, there just isn't a Gilbert case. It's finished. All over. Yes. Yes. He did it all right. There's no doubt about it. Did you ever see her, Steve? Who? Brenda Sterling. She worked at Conway and Racy's. She was a model. Yes, I know, but all those models look alike to me. I didn't recognize her from the photographs. Mm. Oh, dear. Oh, I can hardly keep my eyes open. Oh, isn't Ben wonderful? Are you going to read? No. Are you? Mm -mm. I'll switch the light out. Oh. It's odd Wilfred Sterling should have come to see you, isn't it? Well, how do you mean? Well, if it had been Gilbert's father... Well, Gilbert hasn't got a father. He's an orphan. How do you know? It was in the papers. Oh. Well, I still think it's pretty odd. About Sterling, I mean. After all, it was his daughter who was murdered. Mm, but he didn't think Gilbert did it. Mm. <sighs> still... I see your point. What did you say, Polly? I said I see your point. What point? Oh, go to sleep. Good night. Good night, dear. Are you awake? Yes. Do you mind if I switch the light on? No, do. What time is it? Quarter to one. Can't you sleep? I keep thinking of that name all the time. What name? The one I told you was in Brenda Sterling's diary. Fairfax. Mm. You know, there's something familiar about that name. I've, I've seen it before somewhere. You mean you've heard it before? Yeah. No. What did I say, Steve? Well, you said you'd seen it before. Yes, and that's what I meant. I've seen it. I've read it somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a funny thing. I was half asleep just now, and I kept thinking of that confounded name and saying to myself, Fairfax Oliver Cromwell, Charles II. Why, Charles II? Don't ask me, darling. Oh, I'm beginning to think it's a jolly good job we're going on holiday. <laughs> yes, but there must be a reason. For... I've got it. Lord Fairfax was the character who tried to get the king back on the throne after Oliver Cromwell died. Well? Well, don't you see association of ideas? Lord Fairfax, Oliver Cromwell, Charles II. Well, what has this got to do with Brenda Sterling? I told you, the name was in her diary. Don't you remember? May the 12th, 8.30, L. Fairfax. My dear Paul, if Lord Fairfax was a buddy of Oliver Cromwell's, he's been dead for years. Yes. Yeah, but don't you see, Brenda Sterling didn't have a date with a man called Fairfax. She had it at a place called the Lord Fairfax. Oh, I wonder if you're right. Of course I'm right. Pass me the telephone. Who are you going to phone at this time of night? Sir Graham Forbes. I want to know if there's a pub or an inn or a hotel within 50 miles of London called the Lord Fairfax. But Sir Graham's in bed. Well, I'm in bed. Come on, Steve. Give me the telephone. Here we go. Here we go again.
I just don't see why you should interest yourself in the Gilbert Affair, Temple. The case is closed. It's finished. I've told you why I'm interested, Sir Graham. Sterling came to see me. He was obviously upset because Gilbert's appeal had been refused, and he told me about the diary. But we know all about the diary, Temple. Did you know that Brenda Sterling's appointment was at a place called the Lord Fairfax and not with a person called L. Fairfax? No. This is news to me, Sir Graham. Temple's got a theory, Kingston. He thinks that the L. Fairfax in the diary refers to Lord Fairfax and is the name of an inn or a public house. Yes, I suppose that's possible. Well, so far it's only a theory. It hasn't been proved there is a place called the Lord Fairfax. Are we checking on it, sir? We started checking on it at a quarter past one this morning, Inspector. <laughs> I'm sorry for phoning you at that unearthly hour, Sir Graham. <laughs> it's all right. Inspector, were you in charge of the Gilbert case? I was. From the beginning? Yes. Well, I've only heard part of the story. I, I know they had a row and went to the theatre. I'd like to hear the rest of the story. Well, they left together before the show finished at about ten o'clock. Now, according to Gilbert's first statement, the row came to a climax outside the theatre and Brenda turned her back on him and walked away. Gilbert got into his car and drove home. He said, mark you, this was his first statement, that he arrived home at about half past ten. Gilbert had a flat in New Cavendish Street that he shared with a man called Lance Reynolds. Lance Reynolds. Go on, Inspector. Well, Reynolds didn't confirm Gilbert's story said that Gilbert arrived home at about half past twelve. We tackled Gilbert on this point and he changed his statement. Uh -huh. He said he left Brenda outside the theatre at about ten o'clock, drove round the West End, parked his car in St James's Square and then went for a walk. Says he got back to the square at about quarter past twelve, picked up his car and drove home. No one saw him or the car. In short, he couldn't account for his movements between ten o'clock, when he left the theatre, and 12.30. And we know it was during that period that the murder was committed. I see. And then? Well, two days after the murder, Gilbert sent a suit to be sponged and pressed. I went to see the cleaners and found a handkerchief in one of the pockets. It had blood on it. The blood belonged to the same group as the murdered woman's. Gilbert admitted it was his handkerchief, but couldn't account for the blood. I thought the girl was strangled. She was. But there was a bad scratch down the side of her face. That accounted for the blood. Mm. Who discovered the body? A woman called Talbot. She's got a flat in Soho Square. She was taking a short cut across the bomb site. What time was that? Just after midnight. As she reached the bomb site, a man pushed past her and started running down Greek Street. She gave us a description of the man, and she picked him out at an identity parade. It was Howard Gilbert. I see. I believe you found Gilbert's fingerprints on Miss Sterling's handbag. Yes, we did. Was anything missing? No, nothing. Except her shoe. What do you mean? She was only wearing one shoe on her right foot. The other must have fallen off during the struggle. I see. Oddly enough, we never found it. Well, thank you, Inspector. I'm grateful to you for giving me all the details. I'm sure you'll be pleased with the dress, Mrs. Temple. It really does look awfully nice on you. But it's not the dress I'm worried about, it's the hat. I can't make up my mind whether I like it or not. But it's so smart. I'm sure your husband will like it. Well, I hope so. He's paying for it. <laughs> Hello, Steve. You ready? I'm just waiting for my dress. They're packing it for me. Good afternoon, Mr. Temple. You remember Miss Wayne? Oh, yes, yes, of course. Hello, Miss Wayne. If you'll excuse me, I'll just see if your dress is ready, Mrs. Temple. Thank you. How did you get on at Scotland Yard? So-so. Mm, 
Did you see Sir Graham? Mm-hmm. You look depressed. That wasn't such a good idea of mine after all, Steve. Isn't there a place called the Lord Fairfax? Well, if there is, they haven't found it. Here you are, Mrs. Temple. Oh, I'll take it. Oh, thank you. Miss Wayne, I believe you have a young lady working here called June Michael. That's right. She's in the HAP department. Do you think I could have a word with her? She's not here today, I'm afraid. Oh. Is she ill? No, I don't think so. At least she was here last night. We were stock-taking. Uh, where does she live, do you know? She's got a flat in Plymouth Mansions, just off Baker Street. Have you telephoned? The supervisor has. Apparently, there's no reply. Knowing June, she's probably gone to the races. <laughs> I understand she was a friend of Brenda Sterling's. Yes, I believe they were very close friends. That was a dreadful business, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Oh, there's the phone. Excuse me. Goodbye, <laughs> Mrs. Temple. See you again soon. Yes, of course. Not too soon, I hope. <laughs> Are we going straight home? Yes. Via Baker Street. Are you sure this is the right flat? I said so downstairs, number 14, June Michael. Yes, well, this is 14, all right. Yes. She's obviously not in. Well, it doesn't look like it. Why did you want to see her, Paul? Well, we know she was friendly with Brenda Sterling, and yet apparently Inspector Kingston... Well, what is it, Paul? Do you smell gas? Yes. Wait a minute. What is it? There's something across the bottom of the door. And she's plugged the keyhole. We've got to get this door open. Steve, go downstairs, see if you can find the porter, and tell him what's happened. Quick. I've got the pass key. I told the porter to phone the local hospital and get a doctor, just in case. Good. Oh. Put your handkerchief over your mouth, Steve. <laughs> Where, where is she? Get that window open. Yes. I'm going into the bedroom. Oh, there she is. Uh, Miss Michael. Miss Michael. Lift her head, Steve. Is she still alive, do you think? I don't know. Yeah, hold her head higher. Oh, she looks dreadful. I wish that doctor would come. Shouldn't be long. The hospital's only just around the corner. Miss Michael. Julden. Can you hear me? June. It doesn't look as if she's going to come round. Do you think she's taken sleeping tablets or something? June, listen to me. June, listen up. What is it? One of her shoes is missing. Hello, sir. Hello, Charlie. Will you take this parcel? Put it in the dressing room, Charlie, please. Okie dokie. Charlie. Oh. Yes, Mrs. T. Any telephone message, Charlie? No, sir. Oh, there's a Mr. Reynolds waiting to see you. Reynolds? Yes, sir. He's in the drawing room. I asked if he had an appointment, but he said... How long has he been here? Oh, about a quarter of an hour, sir. He insisted on waiting. Couldn't get rid of him. All right, Charlie. Yes, sir. Do you know who he is, Paul? Yes, he's a friend of Howard Gilbert's. They shared a flat in New Cavendish Street. Have you met him? No, but Sir Graham mentioned him this morning. Now, what on earth does he want? Mr. Temple? Yes? I do apologize for intruding like this. My name is Lance Reynolds. Oh, what can I do for you, Mr. Reynolds? I'll come straight to the point. Oh, before you come to the point, uh, may I introduce my wife? How do you do? Good afternoon. 
I believe you saw Inspector Kingston this morning and that you discussed the Gilbert case. Did Inspector Kingston tell you that? No, not exactly, but I make a point of being well informed about all aspects of the Gilbert case. Go on. I imagine Inspector Kingston gave you a few details about me, but just in case he didn't... He told me that you'd shared a flat with Howard Gilbert. That's all he told me. I see. He didn't mention my theory. No. Oh, well, that simplifies matters. We can start at the beginning. I have a theory about the Gilbert case. You know, Reynolds, I'm not officially concerned with the Gilbert case. If you've got a theory, the obvious person to discuss it with is Inspector Kingston. But Inspector Kingston knows all about my theory. We've already discussed it at great length. Well, I'm afraid I've neither the time nor the inclination to discuss it. Mr. Temple, you saw Wilfred Sterling last night, didn't you? Yes. Is that why you became interested in the Gilbert case? Partly. He told you about the diary, didn't he, belonging to his daughter. It had the name Fairfax in it. L. Fairfax. Yes. Miss Sterling had an appointment with Mr. Fairfax at 8.30 on May the 12th. We don't know that for certain. But we do. It's in the diary. Just because it's in the diary... It's my belief that Brenda Sterling was having an affair with this man Fairfax. Really? Yes. And that he followed them to the theatre that night. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting theory, but surely rather obvious. The truth very often is obvious. Hmm. Then I take it you don't believe that Howard Gilbert murdered Brenda Sterling? Nothing in the world will convince me that he committed that murder. I see. Now, I've taken up a great deal of your time, and I'll come straight to the point. This letter arrived for Howard by the afternoon post. It was marked, please forward, but I opened it. Oh. You'll see that it was posted in Como, Italy, four days ago. I want you to read it. Very well. Read it out, Paul. The Danilo Hotel, Como. Dear Howard, so now it's all over all over and they found you guilty. I wonder whether you did murder Brenda Sterling. When I read about the murder and saw Brenda's photograph in the newspapers, I said to myself, there but for the grace of God. Dear Brenda, a lovely creature, but she wasn't a very easy person, was she, Howard? I wonder whether you happen to be the unlucky one they've picked on. I wonder. Was her shoe missing, Howard? Ask the police, it might be worth your while. L. Fairfax. But, Paul... You, this... you say this arrived by the afternoon post? Yes. Why haven't you taken it to Scotland Yard? <laughs> the unimaginative Inspector Kingston. He'd probably think I'd written it myself. Did you? I'm leaving the letter with you. If it's important, and it seems to me very important, you'll know how to deal with it. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have another appointment. Good afternoon, Mrs. Temple. Good afternoon. I'll see you out. Bye. Bye-bye. Well. What an objectionable man. I've met some people in my time, but really. Where's that letter? Yeah. I had to. I wonder whether you did murder her or whether you happen to be the unlucky one they've picked on. They've picked on? Well, he means the police, surely. Uh, do you think so? Who else could he mean? I don't know. Paul, was her shoe missing? Brenda Sterling's, I mean. Yes. So was June Michaels. Yes, so was June Michaels. Steve, I... I hate to say this, but would you be terribly disappointed if we postponed the holiday? The way things are going, I should be terribly surprised if we don't. <laughs> hello? Paul Temple? Yes? Kingston here, Scotland Yard. Oh, hello, Inspector. I was just going to ring you. I've got some news for you. I've got some news for you, too, Temple. Yes? We've just had a report in from Surrey. 
Apparently there is an inn called the Lord Fairfax. It's just outside Westerdale. Really? You sound surprised. Uh, no, no, not at all. Well, we've found the place. Now it's up to you. Uh, what did you say the village was called? Westerdale. It's about six miles from Farnham, near the Hogsback. Thank you, Inspector. Goodbye. Goodbye. Steve. Yes? Ask Charlie to bring the car around. Yes. All right, dear. Good evening, sir. Oh, good evening. Uh, what would you like, Steve? Um, gin and tonic, please. Uh, and I'll have a light ale, please. Uh, gin and tonic and light ale. Right, sir. It's a nice little place. Yeah, it is. A slice of lemon, miss. Uh, yes, thank you. How far are we from Guildford here? Oh, about eight miles, that's all. Over the Ox Bank. Mm. Uh, will you have a drink? Oh, thank you, sir. That's very nice of you. I'll, uh, I'll have a bit, if I may. Mm. I like that fireplace. Yes. It's nice, the way the settles are arranged. It must be cosy in the winter. Here we are, sir. Ah, oh, thank you. And you're very good health. Ah, and yours, sure. miss. Here we are. Cheers. 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 Mm. Mm. Uh, are you the landlord here? A proprietor. Metcalf's the name, sir. Well, my name's Paul Temple, and I wonder if you could help me. Well, of course, if I can. I dare say you read about the murder, the Gilbert affair. Gilbert affair? Hmm. A girl called Brenda Sterling was murdered. She was a model at Conway and Races. Mm, I seem to remember something about it. Uh, she was found on a bomb site. Oh, yes, that's right. There's a picture of her in this newspaper. Oh. You ever seen her before? Me? Why, no. No, never. She's never been in here, for instance? No. Not to my knowledge. You're sure? Positive. Here. Uh, who's that? The other picture. Oh, that's a girl called June Michael. Well, I've seen her before. Hmm? Yeah, she dropped in here about a month ago. Remember her well. Good-looking girl. Sat over there in the corner. You sure? Of course I'm sure. She had three pink gins. Was she alone? What, a girl with her looks? No. Now, there was a fellow with a funny chap. Grey hair. Walked with a stick. Looked to me as if he'd got a bit of a gammy leg. first episode of the Francis Durbridge serial Paul Temple and the Gilbert Case with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. Production for the BBC by Martin C. Webster.